Do you want a soundtrack to open this thing, or just audio of I-55? I love that song so much. <laughs> Way more than I should. Um, we are about to meet the rest of our coworkers in the middle of the country. Uh, that would be the Midwest in St. Louis. This is such a stretch, but. <laughs> That's a transition though. This is the golf.com podcast. I'm Sean Zock. On my right, riding shotgun in the middle of our Buick Encore is Dylan DeChair. How about in the middle of the night? It is 4 a.m. on I-55 and we are leaving Chicago, Illinois headed for the heartland st louis missouri why are we doing this again like i don't i know it always seems good and fun to try and drive to a major but i am exhausted i don't know but i think we're here to build up some fire and mojo for the pga championship the fourth major yeah definitely it's gonna four be four. it's gonna be over before we know it and then we're going to be sad that it's gone so speaking of four we're about four hours and 40 minutes away from Belle Reve, and uh, that's not nearly as long as it took for us to drive from New York to Augusta back in the spring, but that's how we started the major season. I think that's how we should end it. Um, in, well, in order th- to get to Belle Reve, we have to kind of understand Belle Reve at, at one point, and we're already, it's, it's Tuesday morning, we're one day into this major championship week, and people are already at least a little bit in question kind of of what course is going to be awaiting the players the top players in the world it looks from like photos that were shared uh, all over twitter on monday that the greens are a little dicey um joel Bial from golf digest shared a couple pictures of just like just the edges of greens are a little bit fuzzy he said and they look fuzzy i, I think we're gonna have to see them for ourselves yeah, you said today. that they had like lost the greens. There were rumors that they had lost the greens, and sure enough, he had a couple photos where it looked like a little sketchy. There was some green seed. Like, that's not major championship conditions. It's not great, especially you picture you know Midwest Country Club is going to be in pretty swanky like, shape, pristine August. I mean, and, that's why that's how we were able to go here. Mm-hmm. We're but not it, able to go to Whistling Straits for the May PGA, but right. we're able to go there in August. So that's in terms what of you playability, though. Then we saw Tim Mickelson, I think, posted it yesterday. This photo of a ball mark massive deep ball mark and then a ball right next to it and he said this was coming in from the rough uh indicating that the greens are (laughs) soft as hell yeah they're lush um proper context though we weren't gonna get i mean a ball in the rough from phil he probably took a ridiculous like kind of flop shot yeah this could have been from 100 yards who knows so i mean that's probably the case but it was a crater. Like, in the green was a crater of the ball mark. And that's just a lot different than Carnoustie. Well, so I think this is one of the things that we are going to try to sleuth out today when we get to Belle Reve is what are we looking at? I think that, you know, in my mind's eye, I can't even separate it that much from the tournament we just watched at Firestone. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Parkland Golf Course, a bunch of holes that are pretty straight and pretty demanding uh and if the course is 
set up with you know great weather and soft greens we're probably going to see some low scores and it's going to favor ball strikers and bombers yeah i just carnoustie was like this reset of like my golfing mentality because i played a lot of golf over there in scotland i got to watch the best players just think their way about a golf course and i just i know bell reeve well enough and to see the conditions like that it doesn't feel like we're going to be able to see guys think their way about a golf course it's going to be bomb and gouge mash their way around with driver grab whatever iron is left in the bag and smack your way like into the sky and onto the green when we started this podcast about six minutes ago i was saying we got to get you hyped for the pga so we'll get back to that in a second but to go from Augusta to Shinnecock to Carnoustie oh God, to yeah. Bell Reef. This feels I'm, like a letdown. It's a bit of a letdown, and it's just, you know, something we don't know much about. So we got to get there. we got to find out what it is exactly. Wow, if we can get there past this FedEx truck <laughs> cutting off Zoc, then uh, we will, you know, we'll show you exactly what to get excited about. I would prefer that we were in St. Louis in May next year and maybe new york right now in august that would be a little more logical flip-flop yeah let's not be critical of the pga though because you know the whole august to may move a bit of their hand was forced i think that's great look i'm fully in support of that i think this is going to be an awesome week it's just that we have a harder time getting you hyped for something where they haven't played a tournament at this course basically in our lifetime well 2008 uh was the last time that they hosted a, a big time event here as the BMW Championship. Camille Vajegas wins uh, by a couple shots over Anthony Kim, which is just a, a blast from the past. Um, that is, <laughs> in all in all ways, Jim Furyk was in the top five. Like, is another time uh, in the world in the golf world in which this course actually hosted an event. The winning scores were in the mid-teens, under par, and. I, I really kind of imagine that that's something we're going to see. If the conditions are the way they seem to be, I, I mean, the, the low round each day is going to be 66 to 65. Yeah. Um, this is a par 70 course. Again, par is not a huge deal to me. It's just if this course is surrendering 62s and 63s, we just kind of have to accept it because that's what the conditions are allowing. Well, and I think what we have to get fired up about and what I actually really am excited about is there are so many storylines, so many like career defining moments that we could see this week coming at the end of the season, the last major of this year where it feels like guys are going in different directions, like just career wise, you got Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are at a total crossroads where JT, another major win, could just catapult him into like a totally different conversation. One would think, yeah. He looks like he could be the best player in the world, no problem. Well, and that's just the thing about this type of golf that that we're talking about is like he is made to just smoke driver. Yep. And find the fairway, or if you don't find the fairway, you know you're finding rough that's not stay aggressive that's not, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's not Beth Page type of rough not u.s open type of rough and then from there you just hit this soaring iron into receptive soft greens like mm-hmm. he and a couple other players are built for this type of golf dj brooks rory those guys are the people who i mean i don't like to say they have an advantage always because it depends on how you hit the ball 
But they have an advantage. Well, and they deserve an advantage. They're very good, and their skill set sets up for this. But, you know, look, if Jordan Spieth comes out and wins this week, he salvages his season and turns it into a totally great season. Same thing goes for Rory. Uh, But if they don't, then they're two guys that are sort of in disappointing stages of their career you want to say i think that's my favorite part about the pga uh and we were actually going to have to sacrifice that in its move to may is just that his glory's last chance like the last major (laughs) of the year you actually have one more chance and these guys all are of the ilk where it's majors or nothing i think justin thomas is kind of at that point in his career speed obviously is rory is mickelson tiger you know, DJ can go out and win three events a year. He's going to win three events next year, but he cares about getting a major. That is the, you know, lo and behold, the final thing that is great about the PGA Championship is that one last chance to get it done for the year. Do we still, what slogan are we working with this year? Because we had Glory's last shot. Then for a moment we had This Is Major. I think it's still This Is Major. And it's I like... am major tired right now, but... <laughs> I think that that's what we're working with. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna. I'm excited to see what they do with in the with the month of May. Well, <laughs> slogan-wise, you mean? If I know the PGA Championship to be what it is, they're gonna do something like <laughs> with the with the word May, you know, oh, like May, may I, major. may we, may we become major or something? Major. May's major. Technically, a major. Yes, M-A-Y-J-O-R. We'll workshop that one post 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm exhausted right now. Um, we're still trucking along. Probably four, coming up on four hours outside of St. Louis. So um, Let's check back in in a little bit. We'll give the people a bit of a break um, while we take one as well. We're going to be looking for a golf course, which should open up in about hour and a half around here as we soar through the Midwest. I like it out here. Cardi B, we just passed a police officer. Um, we are on our way, getting closer and closer to Belle Reve. We are past the halfway mark. We just got off. Uh, what was that course called? North Greens Golf Course. I believe that was a golf course, not a club. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, definitely a golf course. In the ATL, Hotland, Atlanta, Illinois. Atlanta, Illinois, far different from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this was a nine-hole track that uh, played, uh, we played it twice. Twice in one hour and 58 minutes. We, we did not literally run around it, but we ran around the place. Uh, I think our second nine was quicker than our first. You, you get out there at 6.50 in the morning. There's an honor box, $5. Just pay pay $5. You know, we're not here to, to give you a tea time, go out there and, and bang it around. But we did pay the full fee on the inside because the guy was just opening up shop. Yeah, we ended up, I think if we'd gotten there 10 minutes earlier, we might have just gotten away with that honor box, $5, which is like the greatest thing in golf. Just walk up and see that little honor box calling your name well it's definitely something that is popular over in scotland it just makes sense if your golf course in a you know rural area you're not going to be open from six in the morning until seven at night sure but long summer nights 
I don't know. That course, exactly what reminds me of just, like, how many golf courses there are in America. Yeah. Like, we were in the middle of rural Illinois, and we were outside of Springfield just kind of looking for a place we were to kind of wake us up. It was, what, yeah, 6.30 in the morning? Yeah, we stopped for breakfast, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, it was about 6.30. We pulled over. The sun was finally up. It was plenty warm. Warmth is not going to be an issue at any point this week. But, uh, but yeah, then, we then think about this this course, what it was. It was it was nine holes, played twice. It plays around 6,700 yards. 6,832 yards on the card. On yeah. the card. Yep. But regardless... We run around, and it, it cost us $32 to play it twice with a cart, and we run around it. By the time that we finished the front nine, there was, what, 15 people in the driving range looking to get out and play. There were a lot of people there, there man. There were a lot of kids. It looked like, there was some kind of, like, youth camp. It looked like the only show in town as far as golf is concerned. And it and wasn't bad. It was fine. You know, look, we stopped on our way to Augusta at a course that was, like, incredibly bad i mean it was like <laughs> awesomely bad uh this was just like a reminder of you know it was fine the pace of play was great it looked like there was a good like energy around the course uh it was flat just flat as hell midwest but there might not have been another course in the next like 15 mile radius cornfields on the outside you know you're in the farmland it was cool it was like in illinois it was totally fine it was also soaking wet it's just it's a reminder that like if you continually play city golf, even tiny metropolitan area golf, you kind of lose track of the fact that there are golf courses everywhere. Totally. And whether they're good or bad, you know, they're kind of waiting for you to go and play them. They're but, all good, right? That's one of our. I think they're all good. <laughs> um, but like as golf. you said, it is raining. Um, it's just clearing up right now, but we're we're driving into the rain, and uh, that is soaked Bell Reeve. They've They've already announced that, like, championship conditions are going to be slower. The greens are going to be slower. Yeah. And whether that's good or bad, they're kind of putting it out there full transparency. They're not trying to really trick trick you like the USGA might uh, tend to do. <laughs> Shout out to our partners at the USGA. We're, like, driving into a pivotal moment in the golf season. Uh, we were just talking about how the player of the year race kind of hinges on this tournament right here. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That's my favorite part about the PGA. I already said this earlier. It's just that there's so many storylines that like come to a peak. And this year, more than any other year, feels like the player of the year race is absolutely wide open. I would say right now the leader has to be DJ, but he ha he didn't win a major. He has not won yeah. a major yet. And that is the, you know, that's the trump card that everybody has. Patrick Reed has a major win, but no other win. Brooks Kepka has a major win, but no other win, but a bunch of solid finishes, and he was injured for part of this season. Bubba Watson has multiple wins. Three no, wins this year, quietly. No major win. Yeah. But if he wins at the PGA, he's he's definitely player of the year. So, well, let me back up for a second. If Patrick Reed wins, is he the player of the year? Two majors. Yes, for Not sure. Not a whole lot Anytime else. Anytime you win two majors and no one else like wins one and a bunch of other things yeah it's yours so with a win this week patrick reed's player of the year with, Kepka? A, with a win this week brooks Kepka is player of the year i would say with a win this week bubba watson is player of the year yeah with DJ, a win dj is player of the year. justin so, thomas especially after last week is easily player of the year with a win do you right? think so easily is how many wins would he have then 
He's got three wins this year. I suppose you have to go back to his win in Korea. He's got three wins this uh, season. That's what he did last year. And this he won the PGA and won Player of the Year. I know, man. He He's know, having almost as good a season this year so far I as think, he did last year. Obviously, then he has to still win the PGA Championship. I think you but. have to consider Jason Day in the same category. Yeah, he's, he's won got twice. a couple wins this year. And good good, good tracks. He won at he, Quail Hollow and he won at Torrey. He's been actually pretty solid. I feel like he has really flown more under the radar. He played all right at the British Open. He played pretty well last week at the Bridgestone. Is there anyone else that we can add to this list, though, that with a win, I guess? Frankie Molinari. Yes, Molinari. He has been that would be, so hot. I but suppose, yeah. Some of his success has been... On the European tour, but I mean, especially after what he did at the British. Well, um, he won the he won at the Tigers event in DC by. So I think eight he strokes. would be. He would be like so especially the Molinari, second half player of the year. Then, can we include Rory? I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like Rory T two at the British Open technically. I know. I think it's just because the expectations the are PGA, so high. I think win at Arnie's event. He suffers from. S- you know our perception of him and he backed up he, at the masters he roared into contention at the british open but we almost punished him because he didn't I think get the he has job to be done. included and there i mean he is actually i mean i would say he would be a step below those guys but yeah and obviously if he wins then all of a sudden the playoffs yeah. are like this that that will decide it right absolutely so, and anyone that then wins a couple playoff events or wins the fedex cup then uh you know, they're definitely in contention. But all that to say, there are things that are going to happen this week. And beyond just player of the year race, we've also got major Ryder Cup implications. Uh, if you look down the list, if someone I feel, from... I don't feel good about it. If someone from way off the map wins this week, yes, they're on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, I don't feel good about it because... Right now, you've got DJ, Brooks, JT, uh, Bubba, Patrick Reed, Spieth, Fowler, and Webb Simpson, I believe, are the eight that are currently in. Yep. I don't feel good about it because that that would be a solid team. And you're, I think right now the perception is that Phil and Tiger yeah. are, are Definitely. Seem, seeming Definitely. Phil's in 10th, Tiger's in 20th, but... Are seemingly locked in as captain's picks. Mm-hmm. Now that remains to be seen whether or not that is very, very true. Phil's, is, Phil's be, a done deal. Tiger true. is probably a done deal. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel good about it because that means that guys like Xander, yeah, who just competed like a champion almost, yeah, at the British Open, guys like DeChambeau, who has had a phenomenal season, yep. best season of his life, like huge win at the Memorial, like. He is there right on so the edge. So you don't edge. want anyone booted off. I just basically. don't. I just don't like the fact that, you know, if Tiger misses the cut at the PGA, he's still considered, you know, in a great spot. And yeah, a guy like Matt Kuchar, who is a f- former Ryder Cupper and has played pretty well in the Ryder Cup, just because he's a veteran of it, and yeah. we haven't won over there in 25 years, that we have to sure. defer to these guys. Friend of the show, Matt Kuchar. Um, I'm not sure that he really is. <laughs> Regardless, I Fair just don't. Enough. No, I. Like, there's I see just what you're enough saying. veterans that make me feel like, damn it, DeChambeau is kind of getting the short end of the stick unless he plays his way onto the team. But I was looking at the 
results or at the uh, just Ryder Cup points race right now the equivalent of uh, eighth place Chad Campbell's in 104th right now if he wins this week he would jump Webb Wait, Simpson what? <laughs> yeah that's how far down it goes no obviously way. obviously Webb Simpson is gonna get points so you know he probably wouldn't literally jump him because of other stuff that would happen in the reshuffle but did you is that true there are four thousand points available to the winner this week because you know they double. basically do the double the money divided by a thousand that's awesome for the winner so chad if you're listening which i'm chad, sure you are that would be the most epic thing go get them in this decade of golf go get them buddy <laughs> so i don't know you maybe that's just how the Ryder cup is though I mean, maybe that's the way that the, the new Ryder Cup will be for the American teams. It's just like you kind of have to accept that a lot of stuff can happen yeah. right at the end. And maybe yeah. that's great. Maybe that's the essence of the task force is that we want the hottest player playing to get in. I just think that DeChambeau is really, really, really good and maybe has like only barely faltered lately. Like he grinded his way through the cut at the British Open, obviously – played the European tour event we when he could have played for more Ryder Cup points. Right. Like there it's a I think it's I not think a perfect Fu- system. Yeah, and I think Jim Furyk is a smart enough guy and has enough smart people behind him that he's going to make the right decision and it's not going to be like it it's not going to be a contested decision. Which yeah. is good, which is what you're supposed to do as a captain is like you're supposed to make a call and make sure that no one else is like really pissed off about it. Well, and it does feel like guys are going to have a chance this week to play their way onto the team. And I'm not sure that anyone that is going to be outside looking in will have a claim that they really got robbed of a spot. It just sets up a, a lot of good stuff like it did at a, a couple years ago when, when Ricky Fowler broke down at the Barclays. Yeah. At yeah. Beth Page. Zach Johnson gets in, and then Fowler still has to kind of play well the remaining events to play his way technically into a captain's pick. So how about I love it? Our uh, colleague Alan Shipnick was basically saying in his mailbag this week that Zach Johnson is a lock for the Ryder. That Cup is team. sad. He is nineteenth on the points list, and I Shipnick has a point though. That course, from the scouting report that those guys made with Furyk and a bunch of possible players did right before the British Open, right before Carnoustie, it's just that Finau didn't hit any drivers over there. Yeah. All he did was hit irons off the tee. Yeah. So the, the, the distance gains that someone like him would have or, or even just an average player would have over Zach Johnson are neutered a bit. Yeah. Zach Johnson has had a pretty good season. Um, yeah, he, he's been fine. He hasn't won. But not everyone on that list has won. Um, he's obviously a gutty former Ryder Cupper. He did not play well going into the Ryder Cup in 2016 and then played pretty well at Hazeltine. Look, he's been fine. He, I'm sure he would be fine. He doesn't he's seem definitely like not a guy lock, that though. would he be He is not a lock. Rattled. He faded a little bit at the British Open but after But you know that he's got days, it in but with Tiger, Phil, Furyk. Love. Yeah. He's got an in with those dudes. No doubt. And that is worth something. Well, and the other interesting part of that dynamic is the Tiger Woods, Bryson DeChambeau. Love Fest? Yeah. They they play practice runs together so often. I want to know who initiated it 
Tiger initiated how, it. You think so? He did, yeah. How generous Talk to his Tiger is with the initiation? I honestly do think some of it is just, like, entertainment value, but also <laughs> Tiger does love to nerd out during yeah. his practice rounds especially, and, you know, he'll mess around swinging Bryson's clubs and is checking out his putter, and I think he's just fascinated by Bryson. And oh. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, try to emulate him too much, but... Good for Bryson. Know, Bryson's a fascinating Good character. Good for Tiger. Um, maybe we'll see them at the Ryder Cup. Uh, let's put down the mics for now. Home stretch to St. Louis. We'll uh, we'll dial it back in when we see the the big old arch. All right. All right, St. Louis. You see the arch. We can see the arch, it is off to our right, and uh, the only thing actually that is keeping us from it is some of these dark storm clouds that are still over us. We've been driving through some pouring rain for about the last hour. It's going to be a wet PGA. It is going to be That's a the wet line. PGA. Um, I think the last few things we need to talk about, Dylan, are pretty clear. The I don't even know what he's ranked, 51st ranked golfer in the world, Tiger Woods? Is that yeah, right? I thought 51st? he was 50, but right in there he was last week um so i know that you are probably a tiger apologist and so that's a good person to have on because i won't be you actually i don't think like when you put these sorts of labels on you my <laughs> you actually think that coverage. tiger woods can make his way around this course this week and in like a top 10 top five fashion i do i think tiger can definitely win this week uh this rain, I don't feel quite as good about. I've got to be honest about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would much rather see I don't see feel good about this traffic he has to be driving a little, into right now. A little clever around the uh, greens where guys are having to hit different type of shots and uh, where Tiger isn't having to, you know, carry driver 300 and land it in the fairway. Um, yeah. It's just there's a, there's a lot of trees out here. Yep. And... I just he is just far too inconsistent with the driver. Like I I hate to whittle down what is actually an impressive form that he's had over the past month. Really impressive, especially like big picture impressive. But yes, yeah, big we'll picture. I, I hate to like yeah, whittle yeah. it down to like I'm sorry dude, you just can't drive the ball that well. We are right by the arch now. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, it's true though. Like you can take your picture. Take your arch picture. I'm not gonna take I'll keep my talking. picture. We'll be fine. That, but that, that is what Tiger is at right now. Is the like, more I watch Tiger in person, the more time I've spent around him, just covering him. I just want him to hit a little cut with his driver every commit to the single cut. time. I think he's too proud. I know he loves There's too that much drive. pride in him. One question I'll see if I get the chance to ask him this week. But this I was is my just, favorite part of, of driving to St. Louis is oh. you take the highway, you, you see the arch, and it takes you right next to Bush right Stadium. Over Bush Stadium. We're actually going to be here a week from yesterday for the uh, so Monday for the Cardinals Nationals game. The uh, site of a great Red Sox World Series victory. All right, <clears throat> let's keep talking golf though. Well, I think that. <laughs> But if Tiger could just commit to the cut, and I would love to just ask him, walk up to a ball, and you cleared your mind completely and just swung naturally with no thought whatsoever, I think he would hit a little cut. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that's not quite how he operates. But yeah, that's the thing is that's not how he operates. How much of this is you just being optimistic? Because and you're you're not unique. You're like 
there's there's a bit of tiger optimist in all yeah. of us. I think you probably have more than me. Um, I don't think you have more than a lot of people, but no, how I mean, much I of it is I'm, the tiger optimist in you that just wants this to happen? I think I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I really am not like a guy that is just like, I'm not a rooter. I don't cheer in the press box when <laughs> tiger, uh, I would have liked you to be at Carnoustie, but, oh yeah. But, uh, no, I think that it's just projecting. We just are projecting forward part of what used to happen, you know? Yeah. Waiting for that moment where tiger is back in the winner's circle and he's just so shown like crazy flashes of that but he, he just hasn't he has. been able to finish off rounds and but he there, hasn't been able to finish off like, tournaments and there's a 73 out there for him almost every event it seems like and there yeah. was two of them at the bridgestone it does and until that's not the case it was not the case at carnoustie he shot, I mean, he shot even par or better in every single round. First time he's done that a major in like, a long time. It feels like Tiger has been a top 10 player in the world in the last few months. And it, he has not been the number one player in the world by any stretch. But it feels like he's been just, like, really solid. And the more he's in contention, I don't know. Maybe I am just unrealistic, optimistic. <laughs> well, you did uh, predict him to win last week. And I think you're predicting him to win this week. Let's I go did. through kind of our predictions. Man, at 36 um, holes, it looked like a pretty good prediction last let's, week. Let's let's sh- let's at least reiterate the predictions that we've kind of made already for golf.com. Um, who who would you count as your sleeper this week, and why? Well, I was sitting on this one for a little while, and now it's not quite as sleepy because he finished runner-up last week. But I like Kyle Stanley, and I still like him uh, with these current conditions. He gets a little bit of hate for not putting that well sometimes but Kyle Stanley's like an underrated player and he loves this type of course where you can just mash it because he's a great driver of the ball and he's a good irons player I feel like he's like a poor man's Kevin Kisner oh god no is that mean stop that yeah is that a mean thing to say <laughs> I just don't think it's accurate okay. what is Kevin Kisner do? well Kevin Kisner's got a better short game than yeah. Kyle Stanley um all right so my sleeper I'm going with Bo Hosler, <clears throat> mainly because he's had a really, really solid year. He lost to Poulter in Houston in the playoff um, because Poulter kind of won that. He kind of took it from him. He's he just been, he's been very solid. He's he's shown his an ability to put two of four rounds together. He has shown the to ability be up there on the leaderboard to play well in the first round and then play progressively worse. <laughs> yes. Dramatically worse every single round. So he's he's had decent finishes. He has not contended anywhere besides Houston. But I, I'm not expecting him to contend this week. I just think that he at a course that is a, it's like a lot of the courses he's played well at this year, I expect him to top 15 it maybe he top 10s it if he can not blow up in the weekend this is like such a lukewarm commitment to Bo Hostler. you think he might top well, 15 as it? A, what I'm no I expect him to top 20 it I think asking a top 15 out of anybody that is of his ilk is yeah a if lot you want to if you can go out there, I'll say he he topped top 15s at this way. He finished T12. Any punters listening, if you can find a 36 hole top 10 play, Bo Hosler's your guy out there. All right, prediction: Who's their winner? 
I already took Tiger Woods, man. That's I took just, him on multiple platforms. You're just like, you are at this point now. You're the guy at golf.com who is picking Tiger Woods until he fails. Until that's he does. That's not doesn't. true. I how many times have I picked Tiger Woods this year? Not many. Last week, more than week. twice now. No, this is two times. I have not picked him once, and I think that I'm showing a little. You're showing off a little bit of your uh, your golf media youth here. I won't. Just kind of throwing stand up for haymakers. This talk. Um, okay. Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is going to win. I'm going to go. My winner is a guy that's going to lock up his PGA uh, Tour Player of the Year award this week. Who's that? This guy hits the ball really far and is a great wedge player. Bubba Watson. Oh, I thought you were going DJ, in a different probably. direction. Uh, I'm not sure if Bubba's a phenomenal wedge player. He's yeah, a good wedge. He's, he's solid. Uh, phenomenal driver of the golf ball. There's plenty of trees out here to kind of get yourself in a little bit of trouble off the tee. But you know how that guy plays golf. He works it all over the place. He's had a phenomenal year. The Travelers is not that long ago. Bubba likes to have some trees, I think, to shape the ball around. You know, he gets over there and... It's the British Isles where there's nothing to look at, and he gets a little spooked out. But. I think it's going to be long <clears throat> and wet, and I think Bubba plays very well this week. So I think he's kind of my winner. All right, I've got <laughs> much less hate for that pick than you did in disparaging mine. Yeah. Um, All right, well, lastly, before we go, we do need to talk about the drop zone. Um, and yes. thanks to anyone actually still listening at this point. We probably should have talked about it earlier. Dylan and I do have a new show on golf.com it's going to be a weekly show hopefully every single thursday um which will basically be him and i riffing on the most compelling topics in golf be it if rory goes out and shoots a 63 on thursday or if rory shanks one or if you know Rory's caddy shows up late for their tea time. Sure. Or, or, if, or your buddy's video from down at the uh, local Muni where he exactly. gets, in big old, uh, gets into some fisticuffs with the group in front of him. Basically, if Ooh, you... There's the shoulder. <laughs> we uh, want you to be excited about the same parts of golf that get us excited. And there's all these things that, you know, you won't necessarily see in current golf coverage. We think there's an opportunity to have a lot of fun with. And uh, we're just going to We're going to essentially have the same conversation that we have every day in the office we sit next to each other yeah so we're kind of taking something that we've done a lot of already and putting it on camera and also inviting a guest to sit in between us um we've last got some week good we guests had, coming we up. had michael bamberger last week this week uh we're hoping to get brian anderson the tnt and pga.com broadcaster i think he's gonna be great yeah um are we allowed to tease our future guests yeah because get a couple top players in the uh no we're not gonna t we're not gonna tell them exactly but we got a couple players intel uh, another couple writers we want to go all over the place with guests though we've we got want, architects lined yeah. up we've got you know pga tour players lpga tour players all different sorts of people from the golf world yeah and, uh, it's gonna be really good beyond. it's gonna be really fun and we're excited about it we've been working hard at it and uh we're really excited to share it with you so please watch yeah so that's the drop zone that's it for dylan and myself here on the golf.com podcast we are pulling up soon enough to our airbnb here in the greater st louis area and we'll be heading to bell reeve right away 